everyone and welcome to the Geomologist Presents. This is another special episode because I have a very special guest with me today to talk about stuff, mainly games, probably some football because it's the NFL divisional round this weekend. And this guy, uh, like myself, is into sports as well as games. And that is M.W. Lewis of the Worlds of M.W. Lewis podcast. How are you doing today, M.W.? Oh, I'm very good, Carl, and I want to thank you for having me on. It's really an honor to me that you've invited me onto your show. So I, I listen to your show uh, all the time, and I enjoy it. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, I, I took like a little break, uh, probably during the holidays, like most people. But I feel like uh, now I'm starting to churn out some episodes. I'm, I'm doing, um, I don't know if you listen to like, or what you think of the mini review Mondays I've been trying to be consistent about, Yeah, just a regular podcast. And now... Apparently, I'm going to have a series of interviews. I have a few interviews lined up uh, because it's like I feel like it's a uh, it's not Zine Quest sponsored by Kickstarter, but it is like a there's like a, a I guess a creator driven Zine month in progress. And actually, as well as football, the important divisional round this weekend, yeah. you have a you have a Kickstarter going on right now. Oh, I do. I do. Thank you for uh, reminding me of that. Um, I, I, I almost forgot all about it, really. No, I'm kidding. I'm actually <laughs> I'm working very hard on the Kickstarter. It's my first one ever. I'm, you know, not a lot of people really know me out there. So I'm trying to take a chance on it. And uh, so thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, it's just my adventure. I developed over two or three years real in real play uh, testing scenarios. Uh, it's called Nicomedes Tower. Uh, I think it has an expanded title. Uh, so it's a Kickstarter. It's a fun adventure for low-level adventurers uh, geared towards the magic user. Uh, I really think it's the kind of adventure that could be played in any RPG system that's swords and sorcery. But I did develop it playing Advanced Dungeons and Dragons 1A. So oh, I referenced cool. some of the rules and some of the... I, I don't really use a lot of AD&D stuff in there. I'm not going to put the OGL in it. But... Um, it could be adapted to any RPG system, I think, and plunk down the way this adventure is written. You could plunk it down anywhere in the world you're running. So I think it's fine, and I'm going to do some interviews with people who play tested it with me on my, oh, great. Uh, yeah, my show. So hopefully, uh, right now we're at about forty percent of support in just about four or five five days now. So I'm happy, you know. Thank and thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, great. Yeah, if you, I mean, he really goes into a lot of detail on our our mutual friend uh, Jason Connerly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. In episode four five seven, uh, MW and he talk extensively about uh, Nicomedian's Tower, a dungeon RPG adventure, which, like he said, is about forty percent funded. I, I noticed I did have a question for you that you did not address with Jason. Okay. Uh, I noticed that it's a really long open opening for the Kickstarter. I mean, the, the Kickstarter is open for a long time. It's not until yeah until, until March. Um, I guess it's, that might be a rookie mistake there, Carl. I'm, okay. I'm new at it, and uh, I, I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to I, I even even I'm even questioning uh, the minimum amount I was trying to achieve. Maybe I well anyway. I don't want to get into me. That's just a rookie mistake. It was a great question, uh, and other people have asked me about it. I guess I, I in retrospect, I should have narrowed that. Yeah, because I, I, I have heard talk to other Kickstarter uh, people, um, and they they say there's a lot of people that probably click. I'm interested, but then not until the last few days do they kind of yeah. 
pay up or, or hit hit the button. Yes. So well, I'll just so show you, you. I'm gotta... not a business. I'm not a bit. See, I'm not a business. So all those people who play RPGs who are anti corporatist and hate Watsy support me because I am really the antithesis of that. I'm just right. some guy sitting in my house and I threw up a Kickstarter. I didn't hire a marketing director or anyone to help me plan it out. You know, I just followed the model of some other people who I know who did Kickstarters and they also did the 60 days. So. Uh, you know, I appreciate you bringing it up now because I, Jason asked me about it too. And next time, I am going to put another one up at the end of the year okay. uh, with uh, three adventures oh, uh, nice. in one book. Yeah, and uh, I will, I will do better on the Kickstarter. And I, I, that's my promise to you. Actually, I'll do All better. Right. All right. So you, I guess you're going to have to make a LIC, LLC, or an. If you're making three modules or four, it'd be that point. Well, they'll all be one book. One, three adventures oh, in one, three book. In one book. Yeah, okay. it's just going to be three in one book. Yeah, they're short adventures that are, again, that things you could put down and use. And they come out of my demented mind. So I think oh. um, I think they're fun. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so you did. So I, I one thing I will say, um, I do um, I do like something I, I, I do a lot of Kickstarters, probably way more than I should. Uh, so I feel like I'm experienced to talk about this. I do appreciate you communicating with your backers. I, I do like the fact that within a few days, um, you already have eight updates. And I really, I, it really bothers me. Um, and it's probably, it's probably linked actually to the bigger the company, the less they communicate with you back to that corporate thing. But uh, you've communicated a lot with us and shown us previews. And I think that's, that's very exciting. gets people excited. Um, so you can even just go on and check out like uh, what's what he, what uh, MW has been adding, you know, to the campaign uh, for this. And in fact, I think I love because it, it does bring back you know very nostalgic memories. I think that's redundant, but um, it appeals to my nostalgia. The blue that map. Blue background, yeah, blue yeah. background, white map. Not a lot of you know very simple uh, keys in there, or the, your standard AD and D old TSR module uh, key. Um, which is, I think is great. And, and well, I thought, if I thought people it was like really cool. it, If people like that, I might do that with the next one that I yeah. put out at the end of the year. But uh, I was viewing it more like a one-time only thing for nostalgia, for nostalgia. Yeah. I, and I love it. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I hear some, so I, there's this one company called Art of the Genre and they put out uh, kind of OSR type modules. But what they do, well, they, they kind of put like a OSR type stat blocks and as well as, as a AD and D or D and D5E stat blocks, but they also do like these this kind of nostalgic type blue background maps, but then also do like a, a 3D map, which you kind of are, I, I kind of are doing that. Not a 3D map, but at least like a color map for the VTT portion. Uh, yeah, we're gonna do the VTT maps if we get the level support. Yeah. So there definitely are are people who really like just seeing, and I and it's actually helpful for a, a a DM or GM is to see like. What does it look like in a very simple form before you do all the strange different colors and, and hard to find the doors? Yeah. And I think this really says, okay, the, the DM, even if you don't use this map, um, you could do this as a using a whiteboard, actually. and makes it a lot simpler. But uh, even if you don't use this map, the, the DM, GM, whatever you're calling them today, um, can see the map and get a great overview on what, what the map's all about in a very simple format before you get to like a more complex VTT or 3D yeah. app. I think that's a great idea and a great tool. Uh, plus, and the bonus is that it harkens to our nostalgia. 
yeah. play back in the late seventies, early eighties. Like, and like I, I use VTT maps too when my my online games. But I, for almost every adventure I run that's not mine, I also have a PDF or a booklet that I and I do refer back to those maps often because you're right. The VTT map. Uh, maybe it has more to do with our age or something, but sometimes it's hard to s see all the details. And once all the tokens are on there, it's not. And, and by the way, when you have a VTT map, you're hiding a lot too. So sometimes you want to reference what's to come and having that full map is handy. And by the way, that I put up an image with the key. There's the full key there and only five of the 22 uh, encounter areas. So um, mm. I'm not going to put those up. Uh, on the Kickstarter, but there's, right. you know, there are 17 other encounter areas and I'm using the same cartographer or art, I call her an artist to do the VTT maps. Cause that's really her specialty. Huh. And in fact, I'm going to be interviewing her on my podcast because oh, she really did such a great job. And I even recommended her to another game developer who's in the process of using her. Oh, that's awesome. That's really good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, so you did mention here, it's gonna. It's kind of a D and D, uh, first edition, right? I know you run first edition games. So well, let's talk it was about using it. Yeah. So, so kind of tell me why you know with all these um, retro clones, as I guess they're calling them, with the OSR movement, uh, some big ones, including like OSE, which is mainly BX. Uh, why? Yeah. Why a D and D first edition? Why do you still play it? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, first of all. I, I really like AD&D. <laughs> I mean, that's the bit most basic answer. But the real reason is it's kind of funny. Back in 2016, I had a gap. You know, Jason talks to a lot of people, uh, and you do too, who have had gaps, right, in their playing experience. So uh, when I got brought back into it in 2016, I was – you know, I was so, like, disassociated with the world of RPG that – I didn't even know there was a 5E of Dungeons & Dragons. So I just pulled out my old books and said to my son and his friends, I said, hey, I got D&D too. Why don't you guys come over? I'll show you guys how to play. And we started playing, and then they're like, well, this isn't D&D. We don't know what these this is. Like, what, yeah. are your, what are these books and these rules? And there are no perception checks, and there's no this and that. And I'm like, so then I started to educate myself on, on the whole thing. And um, – you know, I can just give I, – I don't want to say why I don't play other RPGs because that would be an unfair question to me and to other RPG systems. But I will answer why I don't play 5e. I, I started to look at the 5e rules and tried to play it, and uh, it just uh, – no, in no criticism of the game itself, I just – it just doesn't do it for me. I just don't – I prefer to play 1e. That's really cool. Yeah, I um, I feel like I grew up on, on 1e um, really – I, my first D and D product was the Moldway box set. Basic, I got it for Christmas. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I, like I, I feel like it was like at Michaels because it definitely there weren't really gaming shops back then that I yeah. recall. But it was like at Michaels there was like the Monster Manual, and I was like, oh, that's that must be the monsters for this book. But of course, it's A D and D, right? <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> it, it wasn't compatible. It was. It's compatible, but not compatible. But you yeah, know, well, the, you notice the stat blocks were different. There was yeah, no yeah. morale. The monster manual didn't have the morale score. You're like, what's this? No morale score. <laughs> but the key is, is it said advanced, and that was the important thing. Yes, it said advanced, not basic. So then we're like, well, we're going to play the advanced rules, and 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 it, it took off ever since. Yeah, uh, you know, ran ran the modules, ran my own stuff. Really, I, and I think uh, 
I really have a lot of great memories from from AD and D. I play, as people know, I run and play all sorts of games, but but you know, really uh, AD and D and some of the other TSR games like uh, you know Star Frontiers for for sci-fi, um, Traveler also, but um, but AD and D was like the fantasy game uh, that was yeah. our, our go-to, and and that was back. I feel when. Um, when when both Greyhawk and even the Forgotten Realms, people will not don't believe me or won't believe me, but the Forgotten Realms was pretty empty uh, when Ed Greenwood and the Gray Box first came out. And That's right. You could do what you could do whatever you wanted in there, and and we did, and it was it was really cool. So it was great. great. I think D and D AD. I might have the same experience. I started with the Moldvay. I didn't know anything about Holmes, and I didn't know anything about ODD. And like you, I didn't have a gaming store. We were in a mall. We went to B. Dalton Bookstore. Or Now, I know exactly where I got my Dungeon Master's guide because I happen to have this, the, the label still in it. I got oh, it at wow. a store called One Stop. I think it was called One Stop Games, which wasn't really an RPG game. It's not like a modern gaming store today. It was more like a toy store, really. Hmm. So... um we just bought the stuff what they had, you know. They didn't have like posters and stuff from TSR, so we started Mulvey. And I, I do a, a a bit on my podcast that I call the basic to A D and D muddle, and yeah. it's kind of mm. like that natural muddling of the rules because you know when you're 12 and you you played basic for a year, now you're playing A D and D. Let's face it, we skipped half the rules in the A D. We just looked up the new rules. Yeah, we, but I still use the old morale rules and all kinds of things. I just I still just used a lot of the basic rules at first. You know, mm-hmm. it took me a while to really fully appreciate how much different the A D and D rules were. Right, right. I mean, yeah, example for like round length basically, right? Like six seconds to a minute or ten ten to six seconds to a minute. Yeah. Very vague too. And then, you know, uh, weapon speed, another big big table with a lots of different numbers and 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 what does that mean? And uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, back then we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but sports, I, I played sports and I know there's a lot of gamers who didn't, but quite frankly, I knew a lot of gamers who did. I knew a lot of gamers who played soccer, football, not as many in football, but, um, I didn't have time. I didn't really, and I was a good student too. So I'm trying to, you know, get A's in school and I worked all kinds of things. I didn't have time to sit and read that whole DMG. I did. We just, you know, we just wanted to play the game. We just wanted enough rules to play the game and have fun and to me that's that's the ultimate way to judge a game if the people play it and have fun then it's a successful game if you play it and you don't have fun and i have played games where i don't enjoy them then to me they're not successful yep and i i I love how you mentioned beatles because i i think i still have my original i1 dwellers of the forbidden city barrier peaks and tomb of horrors that i bought at b dalton i think the tomb of horrors even has this weird like like clip on it because it was on sale or something it was like <laughs> and they clipped like a corner like you clip the an animal's ear or something I don't know. yeah and, it's uh, awesome i mean i love those stores you know and I, that's where i got a lot and then and we didn't know i mean like i, I don't have them anymore but even like the early Dragonlance stuff, you know, uh, the first edition Dragonlance stuff, I would just buy it. And like, I didn't know if it was the same world or not. It just looked cool. The cover looked cool. The back, the the advertisement on the back about what the adventure was about was kind of neat. And of course, you know, yeah. if you remember things like Ravenloft and yeah. and, the, and the Dragonlance modules, they had, I think I have my original Ravenloft. They have the those, those 3D maps and 
Yeah. It's that was well, a little I later. I all that stuff, too. Yeah. You know what I love, too? I look at my label since I still have my original books, and I'm you see me on the Zoom here. I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. The, the price here for my Monster Manual, uh, this is back in probably 19. Uh, this is the recovered one, as you could say, the recovered mm-hmm. Monster Manual. So that came out around 81 or 82, maybe, 83, I think. $11.98. So you know what? I ran that through uh, an inflation calculator. Uh-huh. That's about 50 bucks today. And that's oh, about okay. what TSR charges. Right. That's about what Watsy's charging for their books. Yeah. About 50 bucks. Wow. So um, there you go. You know, uh, honestly, you have so much credit Watsy for not really technically jacking up the prices that much. They've yeah, just, they just did the same price, inflation. just inflated. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike a, a Ticketmaster. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're, no. They're, yeah. Ticketmaster has jacked up prices and and inflated them. So yeah, there's inflated yeah. and jacked up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a I'm a big music guy, but I'm not going to pay seven hundred dollars to see Metallica. No. No. Sorry. That goes against so, the whole spirit of rock and roll, doesn't it? Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. I go to. I recently. I just. I, I. I really can't. As I get older, I can't do big venues anymore. It just. I get a lot of anxiety, a lot of unknowns. Yeah. But, um, so I think the last big show I did was Judas Priest. Uh, think about it a couple of years ago um, or last year. But now I'm just going to do, I might do festivals because it's open, right? And you see multiple bands. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But I'm going to do like small venues. Um, yeah. And I have to stick more to the acoustics. I did U2 Joshua Tree Tour. What was that? 2017? Oh my God. 18. So did I. Oh my God. Yeah. Did you? Did I did we, it in do DC. We, are we like, are we like, brothers from another mother i, I don't know man i, don't I know. remember seeing jo- i saw joshua tree and in, 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 the joshua tree tour in austin though so you probably when it first oh, yeah. oh this time in 2017 oh. it was 2017 right oh, i saw this i saw this way back when it when oh it way back no i'm yeah. talking about the redo when they oh, did wow. the redo in 2017 i saw it in dc now here's the thing i didn't see it back in 87 oh. or whenever it first right. came out and i was jealous of my friend lou who yeah. did go see it at, oh, okay. at the spectrum so you saw it in austin you said yeah at the Irwin center i think uh, i, mean, I had probably not even called that but yeah well, the Spectrum doesn't even exist anymore in Philly. Oh, wow. That was torn down. So uh, so I went, and uh, afterwards, I, I'm just like, I'm just old. It was too loud. I'm just like, yeah, I just, I'm not up for these you gotta, venue and the loudness. You got to put in the plugs. The, yeah. Your plugs and, I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> just like my D&D. I didn't know. I'm so, didn't na- know. I'm so naive, Carl. I'm just naive. I'm like <laughs> a child. I'm like a babe in the woods. So actually, this kind of... Uh, segues into naivety because we wanted to buy every single book that came out right so yes um, and we would buy dragons when they had like you know the ninja npc class but people wanted to run it as a pc class or, or whatever um or the the witch etc but but they kind of I, I feel like gary gygax with all that pressure to make the game more exciting and make the the uh, player characters more powerful put out this what i feel most modern ad and gamers call an apocrypha and that was Unearthed Arcana. Yeah. And I got so, that book. <laughs> so my I friends got... Mine fell apart, though. I don't my... have my original. Yeah, mine I have it right apart. here. My very original. And oh, I was not awesome. from an auction. Yeah, yeah, this is mine. And uh, my friends, had the ones who introduced us to D&D, they had the Dragon magazines. Uh-huh. And I didn't have a lot of money. I work working class background. Yeah. I'm amazed I actually have all these books, actually. Because after years of telling my kids my parents never bought me anything, I pull out all this D&D stuff. And they're like, we thought your parents never bought you anything. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm exaggerating. But um, so this book at the time was not maligned, or at least by anyone I knew. People got the book. 
you tried the new character races. Of course, you didn't like them all, like the Barbarian and the Cavalier is the typical one people hate. Um, right, they're hard, and, hard to, especially the Barbarian, hard to play in a group if you go with the rules as written. They destroy magic items. Well, hard to get a group together because they won't... Yeah. They won't hang out with magic users. <laughs> it just seems like it doesn't fit into the game, honestly. So, um, but if you're like we were, and we were already picking and choosing our rules anyway, out of the two, out of the basic set and the advanced set, we just continued, right? So you just used it like a menu. And I think what we really liked uh, as uh, my group of players was all the new magic user spells and cantrips. We we like that stuff. And we really liked all the new weapons that were listed and all the new treasure items. So, um, you know, the changes... I, I know one one of my friends played the, um, the Thief Acrobat. He really liked that character class. And he generated a lot of Thief Acrobat characters that he used. But otherwise, we kind of ignored the beginning part of the book and just stuck to all that new fun stuff that comes later in it. So... I like it. I still use it. Yeah, um, I think what we like were like the proficiencies mainly, and that kind of jumped into the other two books, the other maybe quote unquote one AD and D one point five books, Dungeoneers and Wilderness Survival Guide. And you know, you, you before there was no like skills, you had like a background, but then the proficiencies kind of introduce this idea that your character didn't just do dungeon crawls and hang, hang out in a tavern counting their coin afterwards but they they actually could do other things and of course the proficiencies also led to like the specialization double specialization you know people were yeah people were firing multiple arrows or double arrows like like in a you know arrows that were lightning bolts like in the D cartoon so you know it, yeah, I think that's and we, we didn't use about. those two books. Yeah, we didn't use those two books, but I have gotten those since I got back into it in 2016, and I like uh, we do use those proficiencies. Some people want to be hunters and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, let's. There's rules for that, and also there's other rules. You know, the, those books really shouldn't be taken as a whole and used entirely, but there is stuff in each of those two books, the dungeon near and the uh, wilderness, that are useful. They are. There's a lot of useful stuff. So again, if you um. You know, if you're just looking to have some quick and easy rules that you feel are not in the uh, DMG or the Player's Handbook, all three of those books offer something um, to a, a dungeon master. Right, right. Yeah. So don't. I, I wouldn't. I would say read them, pick them up, look through yourself. It doesn't say you have to incorporate all these rules exactly as they are. It's very modular. Like I've used, for example, in the Dungeoneers uh, for domain play, like the mining rules. Like they have yeah. How, yeah how to develop a mine, how to, you know, the percentages of good stuff that you might find in a mine and how much it costs to operate. And it expands on domain play, which is great. And you don't have to, like you said, use everything, but uh, you know, yeah. Check and someone, the real, the real hard uh, core people who feel like if the books don't have entire, like the entire book's not valuable, why have it at all? You, you, they would say to you, well, you could have just made those rules up yourself, but I, I'm like you. I rather, if I can look it up somewhere and have it, I rather do that. So, uh, I one of the things I liked in the wilderness guide is we were trying to figure out campfires, how big your campfire has to be, how far away people could see your campfire. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go on some hiking groups and camping groups and try to fit. Oh, lo and behold, it's in the wilderness survival guide. 
Now, is it realistic? Well, who cares? It's a rule. Everyone liked it. We'll use it. So, uh, you know, take it, take it or leave it. But I think these books have some value. So. Yeah. And who doesn't like, even at the very minimum level, new spells and new magic items, right? Oh, every single, yeah. every yeah. single module. Oh, but you know, they do, I think it is kind of like the, the modern gaming companies have followed that this pattern too. Cause I know Paizo does and, and I'm sure, and Watsi does for sure is like, so the the uh the new spells and new mo new new uh yeah new spells and new magic items are come from their modules right and they kind of it's like a compilation so now it's all in one place and you don't have to go looking through through uh you know uh lost uh lost tomb of the with the saw junk is that the one lost tomb of saw no yeah anyway. yeah I can't say that. Yeah, I can't either. The no, one with I can't the speak the English language barely. <laughs> the one with the Bahir on the cover. Anyway, yeah. that's a, <laughs> the Lost Caverns of Saljong. It has a lot yeah. of cool magic items, but you can find them in on Arthur Canada, right? So yeah, um, so that's pretty cool. Um, all right, so well, good. We we got to talk. I've been wanting to talk to, about Arthur Canada for, a, and you and you're not negative about it, which I think is yeah. Is Last thing before we segue to whatever uh, we talk about next, I just want to say about the basic edition of the moment. I do play AD and D, but I love I love the basic edition. I mean that I I would play basic any day. OSE, basic, whatever. I love my basic mod, and I use my basic modules in almost every AD and D game I play because I just love I love the basic edition. So yeah, I feel like that's what we did anyway. It's like I I took a you know oh we're, we're playing the advanced game so but I'll take I'll take uh you know um keep on the borderlands and run it in AD&D &D and yeah. pluck, pluck it somewhere. You know, I know yeah. it, it doesn't seem like it works in Greyhawk, but I'll just throw it in Greyhawk anyway. You know? Yeah. And, and X1, the one that came with the expert set, I think yeah. most expert sets had X1. Yeah. I love, I, like I have, I have a large collection of the B and X modules. And yeah. uh, to just show, even after I bought those hardback books, I still kept buying the X and B modules. Cause oh, they're fantastic. They're, they're fantastic. Yeah. And they, I think like, uh, one that is overlooked is before the Lost City, which I've talked about, and I'm yeah, kind of one of our jealous. backup games. And uh, I would have played in that game. I would have played if I had known. Yeah, I played. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it's fortunately like a it's a it's a spontaneous backup game when we don't play our regular game. But who knows? Who knows how these things develop? But what's great about it is you know it is also by Molday uh, by Tom Molday by the way. But um, what's great about it is it like um, it's it's one would say nowadays it's not complete, but I think this is not uh it's not a flaw it's a feature and that mold bay because they wanted to stick to that 32 page whatever but mold bay gives you the adventure but then it's so expandable like you have the whole lost city he outlines you know the rest of the the floors in the in the double pyramid that's in the adventure um, and then you can just run with it so um I yeah think that's what's great about but that one and, and well it's really emblematic of the old style modules right. i think it was b1 or one b1 or b3 where it even has blank room descriptions for the dungeon master to make up himself yeah you know right. and i figured so that was sort of the gonzo style back then that the right. the idea from the tsr creators was it's the dungeon master who's creating the game so I guess I don't know if that's acceptable today. Maybe that might not be acceptable by today's consumers, but I think yeah, it worked really well back then. Yeah, I don't know when it it changed. I feel like it maybe changed with the at the beginning of second edition, or or with this idea of story. 
Well, I think the Dragon Adventures, right? The the I series, the I series started a little bit. Then the Dragon Lances and and the Raven. Yeah, there's a reason why it started to change, and it started to change with TSR. But it, you know, whatever things evolve. So yeah, well, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I, Ravenloft, right? Like I was talking to someone who's run the the Curse of Strahd five uh, E version, and I have I have a Ravenloft somewhere I I six, but it was it. Yes, there was a story. But the story was kind of the whole Barovia was a sandbox anyway. It's not like you yeah. had to go in a linear path. And then the linear path was was even the story was generated randomly, so you could have you could do it multiple times with, with the same people probably. Because if you did the, if you do the tarot reading, it can end up different every time, right? So you yeah. get you know, multiple. I think there was a built-in you know multiple playability, right? So. Um, in these in these old modules so you know i, I really appreciate that and I, I think what was cool is that the the 5e the guy who ran it just now for 5e one of my friends he's like he's like oh yeah they had that in there too so you know they've they've kept that that could also be a, a snide little commentary on that they just keep rehashing the old stuff in in watsy 5e i guess that's great for the new generation and it's nice to have but but you know, it's like I run I run Ghost of Salt Marsh, Sinister Secret of Salt Marsh. Oh, I love that. Um, but I but I had I had like both copies open, you know, really because and I worked really well. I mean, it's still it was still a tough as nails, and even in the five E incarnation, which I think was great. So, well, you know, it's not just gaming that rehashes the past. Uh, all you do is look at Hollywood. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that that's true. Like, yeah. is there a new? Yeah. Are there, I just saw that they have the '90s show, which is the '70s show on Netflix. You know, but in the '90s, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, there's nothing new anymore. Right, nothing new. Yeah, it's very rare to get like a nothing, nothing new or an original idea. I'm I'm shocked that they haven't redone like Titanic yet, but I'm sure. Well, hey, Titanic too. Yeah, uh, Titanic. <laughs> Titanic <laughs> the relaunch. I know. It's it sunk again. Well, how imagine right. that. <laughs> You can't hit the same iceberg twice, or or, or I well, guess I'm the, gonna tell the you, tagline. Now, the tagline might be your... <laughs> the tagline might be does an iceberg strike twice? I don't know. <laughs> well, let me tell you though, for your listeners now who are are wanting fresh content, they go to my Kickstarter. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> there you go. It's not. It's not a. We're not redoing. You know, um, an old TSR module in this one. Uh, I we're not doing redoing the ghost of it, the the ghost tower of Invernus. This is something nah. totally new. Nope, so. nope. Although another great competition module, ghost. Tower. That's a see, great module. See something? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I. You're making Terrence, me want to play all these games. I know. I know. I, I love them all. I love. I, don't, I was going to say. I almost said a spoiler, and then that would have meant Jason Connerly would have ne- wouldn't have listened to the podcast. But uh, I almost threw out a spoiler about the Ghost Tower, but I will refrain. Let's not spoil these modules. No, these no. great modules. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned something kind of cool uh, earlier, and I think we'll segue into this, and and uh, because uh, this is a big sports weekend, like I said at the top of the show, NFL divisional round. I think this is. I mean, wild, crazy, wild, super wild card weekend that they're calling it was really fun. But this oh, to me is like the real, this is like the real old school deal. You know, there was no wild card way back when I started watching football. And I too played sports um, in uh, middle school and in high school, as well as gamed. And I, I don't think those are, I don't think those two groups are mutually exclusive. In fact, when I was in college, like some of the people I ran D&D with, they played on the football team. So, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think they're exclusive, although 
I don't know, something happened between then and, and now, because in a way it's like, well, I felt like the philosophy was, well, you'd like to play team building activities, team sports, team D and D really is a team group activity. And that's, those were kind of mutually compatible, but somewhere along the way, I don't know, maybe in the late eighties, early nineties, uh, maybe, maybe it was the, the fault of the satanic panic. Who knows that these two groups diverged. Um, yeah. But but hey, it's it did sports di- weekend. it did diverge. Yeah, yeah. It's sports weekend. I see you're wearing a Philadelphia Eagles hat. So yes, because uh, so, I am from Philadelphia originally. So let's talk about football. I'm I'm actually you know I, I remember a few years ago I just started out that they said that the NFC East was like the worst division in football. Now that that uh, moniker is the NFC South, <laughs> but but yes. they're gone and there's three it- NFC East teams still in the playoffs your eagles three still in one barely missed uh i guess their coach didn't know that they were about to be eliminated or something like Uh, that and uh it's very possible the nfc east could be playing to go to the super bowl oh in fact i would say it's very likely huh you think so oh so you think okay well let's let's talk about let's talk about that so you, you feel like well for the first game Giants Eagles, right? I think that's one that's NFC East team, whoever wins. I'm sure you're going yeah, to Yeah, the Giants Eagle game is the night game on thir- Saturday. On Saturday, right. yeah. 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 So, prediction? Well, Eagles. Well, but it, I, with a qualification, it's going to be very difficult because they've already beaten the Giants twice in the regular season, mm-hmm. which is hard to do to beat your division rival twice in a, a season and to do it a third time. It's really hard, but it has happened before, and I believe it's going to happen again Saturday night. But I will say the Giants looked – first of all, we didn't talk about last weekend. Oh, okay. Those Let's games talk about were fantastic. Yeah. yeah, they were fantastic, and the Giants looked really good. I mean, no kidding. They they just looked uh, dominant on, yeah. in their win. Yeah, they, Dan, the Minnesota Vikings couldn't stop Dan Jones uh, at all. Um, and, no. And then add on, on top of that, Saquon Barkley – so we're talk so for those of you who will probably skip over this, um oh, I hope they don't though. I hope they I hope don't. Not. Daniel yeah. Jones is the quarterback of the Giants, Saquon Barkley is the running back, and they just they ran all over the Vikings, really. They uh, destroyed them and controlled the ball, and mm-hmm. so it's gonna be a big test for the Eagles, but the Eagles have a better defense, and they also can control the football like the Giants do. So right. I'm hopeful. So what what I mean? Let me ask you a question, Carl. I know it's your show, but I'm going to ask you a quick question. Sure. Uh, what did did you enjoy that Jacksonville game last oh, week? Oh, Get a chance to see it. Yeah, we're switching to AFC. I did watch it. I think. Um, I, I feel like. Oh yeah, my my wife also likes watching football. Uh, but she's like she saw at the, the after the first half in the Jaguars. I'm going to say Jaguars in the Jaguars game. Um, she's like they're done. Uh, and she she went to bed, but but I stayed up, and I thought it was such an amazing turnaround, and how the Jaguars uh, came back and uh, yeah. won that won that game. I mean, that I was an ex- was- yeah, because the game before that, the other NFC one was that San Fran game. That wasn't so hot. It was pretty good through the half, but yeah. then the 49ers predictably kind of ran away with it. But that uh, Jaguars game, man, yeah. I like uh, Doug Peterson. You know, he did help the Eagles win yes. the Super Bowl five years ago. And uh-huh. um, 
then I kind of like their quarterback. You know, he's this yeah, young Trevor guy Lawrence, with his long locks. Long I mean, he's kind of like a D and D hero. Yeah, he is, and he's he's a man of the people. He goes to celebrate at Waffle House, so you know we gotta. He does. You gotta, oh, you gotta I love, love Waffle that. House. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, he did. There's like a he went he with his some of the other players went into Waffle House and just very unassuming. Of course, people recognized him, but you know, I mean, that game was a Greek tragedy. He threw four interceptions in the first half. He looked Mm -hmm. awful. I thought, you know, they're going to run him out of town. Yeah. And then he, he uh, threw four, I think he threw four touchdowns in the second half. Yep. Or one at the end of the first, maybe, but yeah. uh, What a game. Yeah. It was a really good game. I, 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 it's really interesting. I think, uh, I think maybe what people are seeing, is that you know re- really in these games they're you're, they're very high level people are very emotional but you got to keep your cool because right I think what really prompted and helped with the the final Jaguars comeback was like a penalty and he and then Trevor Lawrence did that you know, two point conversion jumped over the top he's yes. so tall and you know if if that if uh, one of the I think it was one of the Bosa brothers I don't know if it was Joey or Danny or or you know Macho Bosa I don't know any one of the Bosa brothers he kind of got upset at the referee and they threw a flag and then yeah. even closer. So you got to keep your cool. I mean, I I, th- I felt that might've happened. That could have happened in the Seahawks 49ers game at the end when the Seahawks got like this long field goal because of another stupid penalty. Um, but I just think the 49ers, you know, the, the, the they, that game was like also a tale of two halves, right? It was like yes. very close in the first half and then the 49ers. And I think, I feel that's a, that's a foreshadowing of what will probably happen in this divisional round is they might, the, the Cowboys will keep it close and go up to a big start in the first half. And unless uh, Brock Purdy finally comes down from, you know, this man, he's a story too. Yeah. He's a Mr. Irrelevant. The last person picked in the draft. Yeah. Unless, he, unless I think everyone's predicting he's going to fall from grace or whatever it's called, come back to earth. But uh, I, I don't, I think that the 49ers halftime adjustments with their, offensive and defensive staff um but i think it's it's a what's the name of the the defensive coordinator is actually getting a lot of uh, interviews or it's going to get yeah, a lot of interviews yeah. uh a Rod, i can't Rod think of his name right now nathaniel yeah. anyway yes uh, yes yeah so yeah. anyway i think they totally made the switch the defense put the clamps on seahawks seahawks could not do anything and then that let brock purdy and the amazing um, the offense has like tebow samuel um McCaffrey and oh, oh yeah Christian McCaffrey oh, yeah. uh uh the uh the tight end too is uh really good. Oh, uh, little uh, yes little? Yeah, yeah. yeah and and the other receiver they have the Ayuk or whatever oh, yeah. they say his I, yeah. name they have all they have great it's just yeah, a good team it's gonna be a tough challenge for the Eagles if they end up facing off in the championship game yeah. so then uh what do you think I mean I love the Buffalo game they had that backup that no they had a nobody quarterback yeah, from Miami and he really stuck it to the Bills yeah, I know the Bills just need. I, if they don't clean it up, um, they're going to lose to the Bengals. I mean, they had like what, what five turnovers in that game? Three yes, fumbles, yes. Yeah. three fumbles, and two yeah interceptions. Josh Allen, gotta, he's not careful. He's not careful. Got to take care of the ball. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, cynically, people will say, "Well, they're on the the Hamlin, you know, high." But you know, you know, Josh Allen reminds me a little bit of if well, he's much better, but he reminds me of Randall Cunningham a bit. Oh, who had okay. all this talent, very athletic back in the eighties, nineties, but right. not careful with the football, and that's. This is a killer. Yeah. Yeah. So and then, uh, um, we already talked about the Giants, Minnesota. How about that Cincinnati Baltimore game? That was another good one. Yeah. That was a, yeah. That was a great game. That I really enjoyed really that game. It was a really good weekend. Yeah. 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 The only one that was kind of like a, 
a game where you knew, you knew the outcome way too early on was the uh, Cowboys Buccaneers, but this is like, you know, I feel like the swan song or end of the career for, for the goat for Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, and they just could not, I mean, I could, I could tell he's just, he could still get it done if they give him time. It's just, he has no, it's like a, the line was like a sieve, you know. The yeah, line. he was a little. He's just uh, if they had a more mobile quarterback, they might have played a little better. Yeah, he yeah. looked weak to his throw. He had a lot of underthrows, and yeah, uh, I think he's done. I think he needs to retire. But and that game was disappointing. I actually canceled my Monday night AD and D game to watch that game, and yeah. about halfway through, I'm reading it. <laughs> like I'd rather be playing D and D than watching this game. But what yeah. happened is all the other games were so good, right? I had this miss. Yeah, yeah, I was fooled. I'm like, well, of course, Monday night's going to be even better, but it, it wasn't. No, no, which is, you know, I've been a Buccaneers fan uh, for a long time, uh, honestly, since like, uh, probably since like the Tony Dungy days, but even a little before, because there's something about that weird creamsicle Buccaneer logo. Leroy Selman. Yeah, Leroy Selman, you know, one of the uh, Hall of Fame defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Well, a Bucks quarterback did win the Super Bowl, just just not with the Bucks. All <laughs> oh, right, Trent, Trent Dilfer. Yeah. No, no, the one who went to the Re- Giants, uh, the Redskins. Oh. Who was that, that guy too? Uh, the Giants. Oh uh, yeah, the Redskins, yeah. yeah. I know you're talking about um, the African American quarterback, yeah, yeah. or the first one African American yeah, yeah. quarterback to win the Super Bowl. I forget. God, I wish I could remember his name Douglas, now. People Douglas. are going to think, we're... yeah, na- yeah, yeah. Last name is that's Douglas. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, and the only reason I can't remember him, I'm just not it's a Redskins. Yeah, fan. I just don't yeah. care. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I I can't. So I, did you want to meet it? Little, did you, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, I I'm gonna be a little cynical, and I feel like uh, there. I feel like uh, some people will say that this is pre-scripted. I I I like to have faith, and when I watch the games, especially like I, I don't know how they would have scripted that Jaguars Chargers game, but okay. Um, I don't think that was scripted. No, Come no, on. but but I you know some people be are cynical and say, well, it's gonna be like Bills. Bills and Giants because they want an all New York Super Bowl or something. You hear this stuff every year. You know, Philly fan. I'm from Philly. We're classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we are the kings of NFL conspiracies. Mm-hmm. But to be honest with you, I never believe it. I don't believe it. Even even though I would used to spout them out myself <laughs> uh, when I was younger. Uh, it's fun. It's fun to play with conspiracy. Now these games look like they're pretty whatever there's always mistakes well did you just want to go over the games next week though do you want to quickly uh, yeah, i i have we to admit over, i don't have a lot giants, of time eagles. left yeah. yeah giants eagles um we said eagles i say eagles and i predict great game though that's my okay. pre- i don't think it's gonna be a blowout i think I, if people take the time to watch it they're gonna enjoy that one yeah i say eagles too i i just think they're i've just i've seen them i've seen them you know i've seen the games that they're just really good deep on both sides of the ball yeah uh, cowboys 49ers mm. you know I really think it will be the 49ers. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the 49ers are just too good because I, I have just – because I follow the NFC West because I'm a Seahawks fan. Um, I've seen the 49ers play m- multiple times, and uh, they're just uh, – the defense is, is pretty solid, and their offense is just so many weapons. And I know uh, people want to see America's team move on, but – I really – They played a very you. weak – they played a very weak, uh, you know, Tampa Bay team, and they're going to make it a big deal about, oh, they won on the road the first time in forever, but they're not going to. And they the beat the goat. Time. They're going to be like, we beat the goat, but it wasn't the goat of four years ago. <laughs> no, it was not. It yeah, was not. and that's Dallas's propensity to get full of themselves. I, I, I 
even not only do I predict the 49ers will win the game, I predict it will be as bad a game from a competitive point of view as the Monday night game was. Mm. That's my prediction. Interesting. Jaguars, Chiefs. Mm. That's on that's also Saturday. It's a Saturday the early game. Yeah, four thirty. And I, I would like to watch this game. I'm a Doug I, I was telling my older son, I'm like, you know, Doug Peterson's always gonna be part of the family. So mm. I'm rooting hard for the Jags. I like I really like Andy Reid though. Andy Reid. He's also an excellent. I know he's part, but he didn't win the Super Bowl for the Eagles. He didn't oh, win. They ran they ran into he, they ran into some like, you know, yeah, he, he unstoppable lost. Buccaneers defense. He's a losser. He's a loser, I mean, a losser. Boy, see, I can't speak English. I do think the Chiefs will win it though. Yeah, they're but Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal. I think he's the next. He's too good. He's a go he's to the best this in the league. era. He's a go to this era, right? I mean, he is. I and I love watching him play. I mean, Trevor Lawrence might may look like a Greek god or something, whatever. He's mm-hmm. a tragic hero, but Mahomes is the best. So, right. he yeah. he's he's Zeus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bengals Bills. This is like I, a, this is a weird rematch of a game that never got never got played. I love this game. I love Burroughs and how cocky he is. He wants to be the modern goat. He wants mm-hmm. to be the next Tom Brady. Well, he's beaten Mahomes already. And he's beaten Mahomes and he's Twice. cocky. And I like I know I like I don't like I don't like those people in real life, but I like it when I see it on the football field. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. That's maybe an I don't know why. It's a contradiction. I kinda I just dig his attitude and his cockiness. Uh but I uh I think the Bills are gonna win it. That's I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick the Bengals. Oh, um, we, our, our only one we don't agree on. Yeah, I, yeah, the only one we don't agree on. I, I'm going to pick the Bengals. I just, I, I don't think you can. I, I know. I feel like they've been. But what happened to the their their safety? Um, is it Darren Hamlin? That was the Bill safety. Yeah, yeah, the Bill safety, like getting a heart attack on the field. Is it Darren? Yeah, yeah. Um, they've been riding that that wave of of support and and you know for that but i i just i mean i don't know i well i'm picking the bills i think there's a slightly better team and i okay. think josh allen will take care of the ball better this week right. and i i like him too i mean I, first of all there are a lot of great quarterbacks in this league that you can actually like mm-hmm. and he's one of them i like burrows i like mahomes so but i think the bills just because they're at home i think they're gonna mm-hmm. win it and their defense i think is slightly better than the than the Bengals. Okay. But we'll, well I hope you're right actually cuz I like Burroughs. Yeah, so when this is published we will see who uh who has an, the predict the best predictions I guess. So the results will be in already. So yeah, Yeah, the results will be in already yeah. cuz this probably won't come right. out until early next week. Um so yeah, yeah cuz we're doing cuz well, I'm if you want to have me back to have a brief a brief Oh yeah, championship NFC weekend championship discussion. Weekend. Um yeah, I don't want to bore you. We won't go over come all the show. other stuff. Let's can, come on my show and we'll yeah, do a brief 15 minute. Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah, that'd be cool. I have to tell you, Carl, I'm, I'm running out of time though. Your, yeah, fan, no. your fans and your listeners don't know we're, we're, we're doing this during my actual work day and I do Uh-oh. have a meeting coming up. So oh, I think yeah, I've Con enjoyed up, my time so. with you though. Yeah, no problem. Well, thank you so much you for joining me. And I'm going to be participating in that. Yeah. yeah we have, we're playing in a game together. You're all we'll talk about BS. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. So Monday morning quarterback well, productions on Friday and what happened over the weekend? Well, I went four for four. MW went three for four. 
the one pick that we differed in, Bengals versus Bills. I picked the Bengals, he picked the Bills. But what's so funny is in an analysis, he said why the Bengals should win, even though he picked the Bills. So yeah, the Bills prevail. So the championship game is going to be, our championship games are going to be for the AFC, Bills at the Chiefs, and for the NFC, 49ers at the Eagles. So we'll talk to you soon this week, next week. I don't know. Probably go on M.W. Lewis, Worlds of M.W. Lewis. But thank you for listening. And yeah, um, you can, if you have a comment on this, uh, or you've gotten bored of football and you want to tell me, you can email me at uh, geomologist at gmail.com. You can also, I have a SpeakPub account, where, which is uh, linked to this podcast. Um, that I will put in the show notes and also what else is in the show notes? Oh, probably some other things in the show notes, which is cool. Um, you can also leave me a message using the audio dungeon discord website, or you can drop me a line like a voice message on through the, through uh, discord. Um, that was wrong through anchor. On the Anchor website, you can try to leave me a message, and you can try to drop me a line, like as a voice-recorded message, on the Audio Dungeon Discord. The intro and outro music is by TJ Drennan, and my wife, Amy Lee, does a cover clip art. Thank you guys so much for listening. I had a great time with MW, and I hope you enjoyed the show. All right, talk to you soon.